Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, where we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Cindy Kuzma and Maggie Umberger. Hi. Hi, Maggie, you interviewed Ari. I did. I interviewed Dr. Ari Levy, who is a Chicago-based doctor who just started the practice shift in the River North area of Chicago. We talked about his approach to setting goals and how he helps other people who come through the doors at shift set their goals and achieve them. Awesome. Doctor, he has his own practice. Sounds like he has everything. Has it always been this great? No. So you'll hear in this interview that Ari has a pretty big failure story and it seems to have set up how he has gone about setting goals and achieving them from that point forward. I don't want to spoil the surprise of what it is because it's really an inspirational thing to hear from someone who seems like they have it all now, that there are always low points and high points. And so when you only hear the high points, you have to know that it's coming from a place of growth. So for in his case, he's grown a lot from his failure from where he was to where he is today. And so speaking of kind of having it all, I mean, shift really sounds like a place where you can get a lot of different kinds of services all in one place and that it's really integrated. How do they go about helping people set their goals there that might be different from the way you do it at a normal doctor's office? Right, so so Shift at its core, it's a healthcare facility, but it is flipping the script on what healthcare means. I think that comes from Dr. Ari Levy's approach to what it means to be healthy and, to, and for doctors, a team of doctors to help people live their healthiest and best lives. For him and for the entire team there, it really is about who you are and about your values at your core, how that influences how healthy you are from now to the end of your life. And so the way that Ari has always taken the approach to how he handles his patients in the doctor's office and his members at shift and his clients when he's doing life coaching work, it's asking the questions of what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what makes you furious, and how can you identify these values now to help you live a healthier life from your physical fitness to your nutritional needs to your actual medical needs. And this team at Shift is all on board helping you from physical therapists to yoga instructors to doctors and other kinds of coaches. They're all working together as a cohesive unit to keep you accountable and help you do the work to live your healthiest life. And here's Maggie with Dr. Ari Levy. Girl, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset. So I'm sitting here with Dr. Ari Levy, who has many titles. And I don't even know where to begin which one is the most important one. But I know that I'm sitting here in exam room B. It's a place I haven't been. I've only been in the fitness area of shift. But exam room B of shift, which is your new practice, your new place of wellness in, in River North. So how has your day gone so far, 4 p.m. in this new business? Day has gone really well. I think the first and most important thing, titles. So the, the most important titles that I have are husband, dad, son, and brother. Those are my most important titles. But back to my day and the question you asked, I've had a great day. I've had the chance to take care of patients today, which is uh, what I love to do. In that same vein of titles, you you have some experience with life coaching, which includes goal setting for other people. So when we sit down to talk about goals, something that we've found has been so fascinating, it's something that you've probably talked about with a million other people, but maybe not necessarily talked about 
your goals to someone else as much. There are people around me who know my goals and they know them very well because I'm probably repeating them over and over and over because I think sharing your goals and making them public is a very important step. Being willing to say what they are and, and dare to fail. So yeah, so my goals, I think those who know me well will know what my goals are and are very clear about what I'm going after. So what did you go after recently that you're really proud to say you accomplished? Exam room B. <laughs> uh, but more specifically, this place shift is like a 20-year vision that's now something that's gone from in my mind to an actual facility. The realization of it is very surreal. And last year, the goal very specifically was to get this place open, take it from business plan and concept into a practical location that was operating. And uh, we did that. How has your experience with having different people working on goals in different ways. They, they, everyone works differently, but your team has come together to create this amazing place. How, how has that been an interesting dynamic of working with everyone's different ways of working, also working towards this one goal? It's a really interesting question. I think um, first and foremost is being really clear on the direction and then, you know, the expectation, um, the alignment around the goals. So everything that we're doing links directly to what the big goal is in a singular format, right? You can have many what we'll call sub goals or smart objectives, whatever they may be, but everything rolls up into the, to the big overarching goal that you're going after. And, you know, you've got to trust in people. So I think that, you know, I we're, I use the word I, but it's we here. I mean, this is a place that, there, that is a lot of people's blood, sweat, and tears. And maybe we can say that an origin of an idea stems from me, but it's about all of us. It's not about me. It's about everybody in here from, you know, each person has played a, a significant role in contributing to the accomplishment of that major goal and objective. And what's important there is you have to trust others to step in and step up, you know, allow them to succeed and also help them when they fail because they're going to stumble and be very clear about that. And that singular goal that you have is is a huge one. It's it's helping people feel healthier, not only just from being sick to not sick, but living their best lives. So you've gotten to see, I'm sure, some kinds of those transformations in your career. But now that you're in a place that you can share it with other people, have you already had some moments like that where those aha moments with people in the new in shift? Yeah, so, so let me tell you a story. I came home, it was two weeks ago, I came home one night. We had family and friends over and I was a chatterbox. I walked in the door and I was with the kids and put them to bed. Then I was chattering away and one of our friends said, no, I haven't seen you this way in a really long time. And well, Alicia was quick to point it out. And, and, and I was just really aware of I'm um, in my element. And what I mean by in my element is to do what I want to do, which is help people live better. And it's I'm having those moments all the time because people that are in here or that are coming in here are either curious to learn or have signed up because they want the care. And so I mean, the job is easy. It's caring for people. There are complex pieces about it. There's difficult hurdles and roadblocks that, that get thrown our way, but it's about caring for people. And that's a very easy thing to do, right? I mean, that's one-on-one -on -one basic human needs that we all do for our closest family and our closest friends. It's 
really inspiring to hear you be able to express that you are doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. And you've created a place where other people, yoga teachers, other doctors, physical therapists get to come in and do exactly what they feel they're called to be doing. What would you say to someone who doesn't know what they're supposed to be doing? How do they go about setting their goals and attacking them like you have such drive to do without that kind of vision? I would say a lot. (laughs) I'm never sure on words. So it begins with um, a focus. You have to pick something that you want, okay? So we'll talk about how to figure that out in a second, but you have to pick something you want. The second part that's critically important is you have to have a growth mindset. So you have to be willing to fail. Most of us think that success breeds success. It's actually failures that failure teaches the mind and the body the most about what you should be doing and figuring out how to do better. When you do something successfully, it only teaches you how to repeat that process. So failure is like a necessary precondition to really succeeding. So don't be afraid to fall down as long as you're ready to get back up. And then the other elements, which is work that's been done by uh, this guy, Kay, Anders Erickson, stuff that Malcolm Gladwell has written about as well, is you need to have the right support. So you need emotional support as well as transactional support. So you need to have the right people around you to help make sure that you're doing the right thing. So coaches, family, friends, then you need to have the right accountability and that's structure. So how are you going to have a checks and balances about the absolute of where you're at? Many of us like to think of those in the forms of Fitbits and watches and trackers and that there's a huge fallacy in that quite frankly because what it is is you we have as human beings we are unable to appropriately look at and reflect on who we are in an absolute way and so we need others to be able to do that for us so we need the right accountability measures to check against which is why in fitness it's so very clear there's like you either hit a goal or you don't and uh, you can figure out what to do and then the last one that's most important is the deliberate practice many of us fail in that category we, we give up it on our goals because we don't put sufficient time in and so that that is the greatest filter of the goals it's not about the preceding variables are all critically important the deliberate practice is the one that weeds out the most amount of people such a good answer so so well outlined but there has to have been times that you failed then if you've come to this place can you tell me about a time that you failed big time just big time yeah so uh here we go so my biggest failure professionally was when I was finishing my residency, I and took my boards for the first time I failed. So let me give you some like statistical context. I was in a residency program that was top 20 in the country around great classmates. I was getting my MBA at the time at the University of Chicago. So I had one person, my program director, who if he ever listens to this, he's, he's heard it before, but um, I'm grateful for him because he was the one who's the most concerned about me not getting enough time to do the work the deliberate practice, doing the work is a necessary piece. So he was just really concerned about the pure man hours that were required and that I wasn't putting in the effort. So I failed my boards. 93% of the people that took that test the year that I took it passed. I was in the bottom 7%. Like, I was crying like a baby, sobbing hysterically that my, like, you know, just one, embarrassed, um, too shocked, 
three not shocked because it was it was a, you know it was life sort of slapping me in the face and four really scared scared about what that meant what the implications were like was i going to lose my job at the time because i wasn't board certified all these things the other really stressful fact about that was the remaining seven percent those people that retake the test only 30 percent ever repass it so those are some scary, like to me, that was a really scary set of facts. And if I'm being honest about it, it was, it was really a, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, I'd always labeled myself as smart enough, but not capable. Like I would always get to the next level, but just barely. And I, I had a moment, right? I had a real moment where I had to, I leaned on my network, right? My family, my friends, my medical partner at the time. I mean, Will Harper was and still is a godsend to me for it. And they gave me the support, the emotional support that I needed to get back up. Honestly, what I can tell you is I didn't do the work and I knew that. And so what I committed to was I was going to do the work. I was going to do the work, I was going to study, and I was going to see where that took me. And however that played out, I'd be totally good with. And so I studied for that test for a year like an absolute obsessive, compulsive maniac. Maniac. And I'm so proud of saying maniac because I, I made note cards. I, I still to this day have my note cards in my storage locker at home because they mean so much to me. I made sure that I knew every single answer on every single note card. And what I did was I would, I would brute force memorize. I'm not saying it's the right way or the wrong way. It was my way that I did it. Every card and all the answers on the back. And um, this was the year that I was also getting married. So um, I <laughs> took this test three weeks after my wedding. So God bless my wife. Um, she <laughs> knew that was uh, coming along with it. And I remember telling her the week of the test, I don't really care. I don't care if I pass or fail. And that was a really good sign because that meant that I... I knew like in my soul and my entire being that I'd given everything I could. And so for me, I'd done the work. So I wasn't fearful of not having prepared my, <clears throat> myself in the way that I felt necessary. You know, and, and this, this failure story ends with a success on the other side. I did pass that. Um, and I will tell you that at 12 o'clock at night, uh, when I found out that I passed, I probably woke up a good number of residents that lived in my building because that was um, that was a huge personal confidence boost about stepping into doing the work and not being afraid to do the work. And I'm sure that has stayed with you mm-hmm. throughout every other challenge that you come across. And what I hear also some of the similarities of in in your general outline of needing emotional support and needing um, to do the work to be able to clearly outline your goals is, is how you achieve goals. And, and I sort of see that framework here. Like you've created a team that is that emotional support, but you're not handing anything to anyone on a silver platter. They have to do the work too. And so that for me is, it's an inspiration to hear that story, that failure story, which is a success story, because it shows me that you're human and you did it and that's a proof point of doing the work really does matter and this work that that a patient that a member does here really does matter Mm -hmm. so 
it's just it's it's a cool thing to hear and I think that members will do the work you've provided the environment to make that happen at the end of the day everybody re- I, I'm I'm a practical optimist in that I I think of all the ways in which we can fail in order to enable us to succeed. And I think people do want to do the work. They just want to make sure that their work is effective and it's getting the outcomes that they want. And, you know, we're just part of the support to help them do that work in the right way. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a really fortunate position. So for 2017 or beyond, what's something that you are now setting your sights on? What are you working towards? So for this year, it is to get people here and to help them live better. So take care of our folks here and have them be wowed and shocked at what it's like and watch them live healthier lives. So uh, we're not going to talk anything beyond that because it's, you know, that's the first step is to stay focused there. And for someone who is interested in learning more about you, number one, uh, where can they find more information and what can they expect from the initial experience of meeting you, meeting the team, and getting into, what what do they get into when they're getting into a program at Shift? Yeah, so um, you can learn about Shift in a number of different ways. Um, you can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on our website at shiftlife.com. You can also, we are at 750 North Orleans, so we are the southwest corner there, so you can come by and see us and drop in at any time. You can email us at info at <laughs> shiftlife.com. And what can somebody expect? So... Somebody can expect a thorough head-to-toe assessment. Um, An individual that's going to come in and is going to experience our service, what they're going to experience is they are going to spend either two half days or one full day with us where we're getting all the testing we need. That's a resting metabolic rate. It's a VO2 max test with a CO2 diffusion. It's body fat and bone density. It's all the lab testing you need. It's pulmonary screening, lung screening, skin cancer screening, Um, We will do uh, EKG and we will do Bruce Protocol stress if we have to. We we gather a bunch of test information. You'll meet with a dietitian, an exercise physiologist. You'll do a functional movement screen. You'll do an exercise screen to make sure we understand what muscles are strong versus weak from a balanced perspective on your body. So we are trying to spend a lot of time assessing what's happening with the mechanics and the insides of your body, right? Trying to get the, the facts, gather the facts. You're also going to spend a lot of time answering questions about who you are, what your life history is like, where you've come from, what what are some of your beliefs, because we need to understand your mind as well, as well as your environment and environments of the past. I, I tell everybody I'm like a neurotic mom. When you sit down for your first visit with me, I close that door and uh, ask a lot of questions. And it's a safe place, but but no question gets left unasked. And if it's unanswered, I will probe. Because I have a responsibility and a promise that we make to help you live your best life. And if we're going to do that, that means we've got to go to places and ask questions that you may not have heard in a doctor's office before. And once we do all that, and once we understand that, then we gather that information, we process it, we talk as a team, we understand who you are and what you want, and then we come back to you with you to build the plan. So we don't tell you what it is, right? We're, we're like your Sherpas, right? So we're here to help you climb whatever mountain that is and make sure you do it in the most safe 
an effective way for you so that when you get to the top and you pinnacle, you can take a breath and you can enjoy the scenery and figure out what the next mountain is. I love it. So if you could say one thing to someone who is struggling with a goal they're working on right now, if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? My one piece of advice is recognize that time is your greatest currency. How you spend that, what you do with that is totally up to you. So making sure you're using your time wisely and effectively so that time is linked to the goals that you want to go after is critically important. I know earlier we said we'd get back to how to figure out what your goals are, what are the things that you really want, and this takes me back to what I, what I believe are important points. Um, so many of us think really rationally about what the goals should be, and I think that that's a mistake. I think you need to think really emotionally about who you are, what you want to be, identifying your values, and identifying what triggers you emotionally. So there's a set of questions that I have every person that I see from a medical standpoint and from a coaching standpoint go through. So the first one is, what makes you smile? Why and how often are you doing that in the context of a week? What makes you cry? Why and how often in the context of a week? What makes you furious, like blood-curdling angry? Again, why and how often? What brings you alive? What are you passionate about? Like, what is that for you? Is there something? And then what does an ideal day look like? And I tell everybody that an ideal day is not sitting on a beach and drinking a Corona or whatever your drink of choice might be because uh, you'll be bored after two days for most folks. And the reason I ask those questions are is very specific because you're identifying and linking into what are your emotional triggers. And we are emotional beings at, um, at our root. And so if you understand what are your emotions and what triggers you, then what you can end up doing is really building a value driven set of goals and metrics so at the end of the day are you going to measure yourself on the dollars that are in your bank account if that's the, you know I mean many of us need to really ask ourselves how are we at the end of the day or the arc of our life gonna measure the quality of our life so do we have the metrics that matter for us and this is a starting point to be able to do that to identify those values and then really figure out how we like to construct our days to go about getting after those goals. Thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy day, helping people live better lives to chat with me. With pleasure. Thank you. This podcast is produced by me, Cindy Kuzma, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you get a chance to leave us a rating and a review, we'd be grateful. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music and to our guest this week, Dr. Ari Levy.